Do you ever wonder why business owners give back? Stick around. You're going to find out why. This is the Franchise Pitfalls and Profit Show. Each week, we bring you the challenges and triumphs of being in the franchise development and consulting business. The things you need to make money faster. And now your host, one of the most successful franchise developers in North America, Don Shin. Awesome. We have got an incredible interview here today. I've got Dave Hycock, uh, Hydoc, excuse me, on, on the show with me today. Uh, we're going to talk about something that a lot of company owners just don't think about. Uh, but before we do that, let me, let me introduce Dave. Dave was the youngest of six children. I have seven grandchildren. My daughter has seven grandchildren. So man, when I read that, Dave, I thought, holy cow, I can relate to Dave. Being the youngest, 10 years between the youngest and the oldest, exactly what my seven grandkids have. Uh, unfortunately, Dave, uh, his father passed away and he really has an interesting story about his mother uh, raising him and the things he went through. Folks, you got to listen to this because this sets the tone for why Dave does a lot of what Dave does. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, Dave, uh, a very strong religious background. We'd love to have uh, believers on the show. Um, he's dedicated. He has a dedicated, loving mother, family. It's created a lot of, uh, of his give back, his volunteerism, if you will. Uh, he is a franchise owner. He's been in business for 25 years. He turned his business into a franchise. We're going to hear a lot about that. Dave, thanks. I uh, really appreciate you being uh, on the show with me today. Thanks for having me, Don. I appreciate it. Who would have thought a simple little post on a on a franchise, you know, Facebook page would would lead you to me? So thank you for following up with that. Yeah, it's so cool. And I, I uh, uh, for the audience, Dave and I were, were sharing off uh, off camera here a second about how important it's gotten for for uh, consumers to deal with businesses and business owners who do more than just their services or their products, their lives. Uh, and their businesses are purposed more than just that transaction. So anyway, we're going to hear more about that. You folks don't want to hear from me. You want to hear it from Dave. So let me let me go through a couple of quick things, uh, Dave, real quick questions. You know, when you first started uh, or contemplated starting the franchise, uh, and how, how many years ago was that again? That was, in, uh, that was in 2008. So I had already been in business for, you know, 14, 15 years. And uh, it was pure luck. I happened to be in a rock band at the time. And the lead singer of this band was very affluent. His uh, company had an internet apparel business. And we restored his deck one day on a Saturday. Uh, and he, of course, had a mansion that the deck was, you know, it had its own zip code. It was gigantic. And he couldn't <laughs> believe that we had gotten it done in one day. It would take him a week or two to do it himself. So after we were restored his deck, we had band practice that, that following Wednesday. And he said, Dave, you should franchise. He goes, I've never seen anybody work that efficiently. And I didn't think franchising was for the ordinary, you know, young kid contractor. I thought that was McDonald's and, you know, you name it. I thought it was big, big brand names only. Who I never thought I could franchise my own, my own small deck restoration company. Um, so I did. It cost a fortune. It was terrifying, but it it, it fortunately worked. Uh, you know, we only we have eleven units. We're not we're not massive by any stretch. But I do like I do like the family size, uh, the family nature of the franchise system. 
Uh, I think if I had hundreds and hundreds of units, I think something would be lost there. So uh, I still get to work uh, personally with each and every franchise uh, uh, owner. So it, it, it's it's gratifying. It's definitely very, I'm so glad I franchised. Like I said, I was terrified. Uh, I was not prepared for it. I didn't, I, I thought I had the right resources, but I did not. Um, so you make mistakes and you learn and you, you, God willing, you, you stick with it and it, and it works out. Yeah, and I'll, again for our for our guests, uh, and Dave knows this. Our guests are typically folks buying franchises, uh, somebody in the buy sell, like like franchise uh, um, sales reps, friend dev reps, uh, uh, brokers, consultants. Uh, so our audience is often looking for for brands, uh, or people want to understand how you got started with your brand, and we'll we'll talk more about that. So so when you started, and and you're not unusual. It's not unusual, Dave. I think a lot of people just don't understand, particularly when they're looking to buy a franchise, they go, oh, I could never even buy a franchise because I don't have the million dollars or two million you need for a McDonald's. So it's really interesting. My team and I talk about this a lot. We think about 70% of the franchises out there are priced somewhere between 75 and $150,000. So more people could get into franchising than, than realize that they could. But when you started your franchise or when you started the model, converted your business. Um, how, um, you know, what, what was your thoughts? Did you have a vision for it? Has, has, did that change once you started operating? I'm always curious about that, you know, those first couple of years. Absolutely. Uh, I'm in Ohio. I'm in the Cleveland area. And uh, my, my thought was to be an Ohio business. You know, I, I would have been thrilled if, if all we you know, sold were major markets in Ohio. And we are fortunate enough to have most of Ohio covered. Uh, we have Milwaukee, uh, Syracuse, Indiana, and Atlanta, Georgia now. So I will say that my goal was simply to, to, to radiate, to branch out from Northeast Ohio. And anything outside of Ohio that we sold to me would be icing on the cake. I, I probably did not ever envision myself being one of those uh, Zors that, that that has hundreds and hundreds of units. I, I, I know there's obviously money in that, um, but I think I having the family background and the education that I received, I think there was more an emphasis on being close to one another to, to treat these franchisees as, as family, uh, not, you know, dollar signs or not just, you know, some, a name on a royalty form every month. So uh, I think there's, there's, there's growth, you know, there's crazy wild growth and then there's responsible growth. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think, uh, I think you could still have great growth. You know, we work with private clients, uh, and and we talk more about doubling every year. So if I say doubling every year, people would go, wow, that you know, that's incredible. Well, that still gets you to somewhere between 60 and 80 and maybe 100 in five years. So so it's but it, but there are there are companies out there and, and some people want 100 in a year or 150 in 18 months or something like that. It can, if you're not capitalized properly uh, and you're not staffed and structured properly, that, that mm -hmm. is a disaster. It may show a lot of zeros, you know, on on the in the sales in the sales category, but but it, it can really create disasters for the franchisor three years down the road. So um, so tell me about some of the challenges. <clears throat> it's um, I, I I work with a lot of emerging brands. That's one piece of our business, and and I'm always curious about about the challenges that they had and did they have any advisors? Obviously you have to have an attorney in there, but, uh, but anyway, tell, tell us about some of your challenges. Tell the, the audience who's thinking about turning their business into a franchise. What were some of those challenges? 
well, you touched on a couple already. Um, don't even ask me how this happened, but the first year that we were able to sell franchises, we sold 10 in one year. And I am telling you right now, you talk about explosive growth that you're not prepared for. Um, we were not prepared in the sense that, A, I did not know how to properly vet these candidates. Mm. And uh, much to my my own you know chagrin, I uh, sold a few that probably should not have been sold. And I have gotten a lot wiser. We are basically in our second generation of franchise owners right now. Uh, I, I had sold to several uh, older gentlemen, folks who were early retirees. And they soon found out, you know, being active owners that they couldn't handle the rigors of the job. It is a, you know, you work outdoors in the heat and the sunshine, which is 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 a definite pro. But also, if you're not in the best physical shape, it's it's a it's a con. It's not it's not an asset. So um, we are we have sold now. I, I think all but one franchisee now is a descendant, a relative, an employee of one of the original. I call them the founders. You know, the founders. Oh, that's cool. So it's neat. We're it, our average age of franchisee has gone from I think fifty eight down to thirty eight or thirty four. So we are we have learned, and I know this is one of the questions you tend to ask is you know what you know what is your ideal ca candidate? It's somebody who's you know young or young at heart um, that can handle the rigors of being outdoors, even if you're not going to be in the field. Um, it's just something you have to deal with. You're going to be out there, and it's it's it's. I, I always say the joy of this business is. I get to make a lot of money playing with a 3000 PSI squirt gun, you know? So it's, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I can't believe I got paid for this, you know? So that's <laughs> Well, you know, the energy thing though is important, not just the physical part of it, but again, for, for my audience, uh, honestly, I, I counsel people, 90% of the people that start franchises or start and start businesses do so by the time they're 45, you know, late forties. And, and so, that energy thing, I, I, I've told people for years, you know, if you're over 50, there's there's really two issues. Do you have the energy and the drive uh, because of your age? And then the second piece, I think, is, you know, when you get to a certain age, candidly, there's certain things you just don't want to do anymore. Yeah. And and, um, and so like prospecting, you know, or like making some of those initial so phone calls and and so if you're not willing to do those things, then then commit to me if I'm helping them buy something, commit to me, you're going to hire someone to do that yep. or or uh, or you've got to you know suck it up and go do it. So yep. um, but I'm glad you point that out, because I think that that 50 ish age, you know, age range is about the over the 50 is where you really have to start thinking about what you, what you experienced. Yep. Yep. And I'm 53 now. I've, I've been doing deck rescue half my life. I started the company in, in 1995. I'm, you know, 25 years old. So I'm, I'm at the age now where, yes, I will be sunsetting my career, you know, within a few years here. We're, we're, we're working on, we're, we're working on exit strategies, but I, I love it. I'm still out in the field. I, I still love the actual joy of restoring decks and fences and log homes. I mean, you're taking something that's organic that looks like it's dead. It looks like it's long gone and you're, you're literally bringing it back to life. So there's a rejuvenative uh, uh, aspect of this business that I do think helps keep you young and keep, keeps you active. So, but yes, I'm with you. I, I, these kids now that are, are my franchisees, they could be my children as you know, how young some of these guys are. So it's, it's definitely giving me a, a, a jolt. It's giving me a burst of energy that I didn't know I had left in the tank. So it's been, it's been, a, it's fun. It's a lot. Well, of I think most, most of my friends are actually probably somewhere between five and 10 years younger than me. So I think that keeps me young. I didn't do it intentionally. It just sort of has happened. Um, any surprises, you know, if you think back, Dave, over over the years in franchising, uh, any any surprises, you know, you, you if you to look back and you go, wow, I didn't see that one coming. 
Any any surprises in the whole turning into the franchise? I will say that, like I said, my first few years of being a franchisor, I, I thought I had all the resources, but I didn't. It turns out there was this whole world out there, particularly in home services. Well, lo and behold, I happened to get a, uh, a spam email in my in my junk folder. It was from a gentleman, uh, Scott Abbott, uh, ProNexus, uh, has his own, uh, uh, had a, a painting company at the time, um, and he has what's called a home services uh, uh, and he, he has his, uh, his seminar every year, I think in Philadelphia, I was uh, one of them, uh, it's called springboard. And so basically here I was floundering my first few years as a Zor thinking I was with the right people, not even knowing that there was this whole world of people again, particularly in home services who are, who are the movers and shakers, but they are so humble and so friendly that they take time with a little guy like me. And I, I'm telling you, it's been a journey. I, I, the fact that these guys are so friendly and giving, and you can tell that they're, they've achieved in life because they're giving back. They've reached, who knows what they do for charity work, but I considered myself a charity at that point. <laughs> they, were, they were spending time with me at these. You know, here we are in this giant hall in Philadelphia, and uh, I've got a one-on-one -on -one session with a couple of these guys with, you know, three, 4,000 units. And I'm just thinking, you've got to have a better, you know, better way to spend your day than with me. So that was, I will say that was the most pleasant uh, surprise of all is the franchising community. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, everyone's trying to get ahead and there's a lot of competition for leads to get that next unit sold. But boy, oh boy, when you get right down to it, these are just great men and women that that really do want everyone. They, it's it's a rising tide mentality. Yeah. You know? I, I, yeah. And I, uh, I heard the uh, CEO of McDonald's speak uh, within the last year or so. And he said that franchising is like the on-ramp to entrepreneurism and, mm. and generational wealth building. And, uh, and I think that's the mindset in franchising. Um, yeah, I mean, your direct competitor may not be wanting to sit at the table sharing best demonstrated practices with you, but overall, um, it, they, it, is, it is an industry that is pretty tight. And, yeah. and um, uh, I think that's great. I think that's great. Well, let me shift gears. Uh, one of the, the real uh, big reasons uh, that I wanted to have you on the, on the podcast was we connected regarding some of the things that you do in your community, some of, some of your give back. And so I, I, the question I typically ask is give me a highlight, give me one of your biggest successes. And, and I, I think that's probably going to, going to lead us into the conversation about, about your giving, about your give back. Um, so, so talk, I'm just going to open mic it here a little bit, Dave. Um, talk about, uh, about how you got that started, why did you do it, uh, and 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 how's it how's it been going for you? You know, personal fulfillment and and business success. I thank you for asking. Yes, um, well, on our twentieth anniversary in uh, two thousand, or rather two thousand twenty, I should say. Gosh, uh, time is flying. Um, on our twentieth anniversary, I, I surprised all my franchisees. I said, "Look, I know I'm not supposed to do this. I've been told by every franchisor, every consultant in the world." never ever impose a royalty cap never as the franchisor limit the amount of revenue you take in well to celebrate our 25th anniversary in business i gave everybody a five-year uh extension of their term with a royalty cap once they heard, hit a certain dollar amount anything from that point on for the rest of the year is royalty free um and i've got guys hitting their target sometimes in august uh september so uh, I, we are now up to over $50,000 in franchisee savings. And I know that's money out of my pocket. I could do a lot of good with that, but so can they. 
Um, so that inspired me to uh, start a small festival in my community. I, I moved from the west side of Cleveland. I'm about 25 miles southwest in a, in a very small rural uh, farming community called Litchfield, Ohio. Um, so I came up with a one-day summer festival called Litchfield Fun Fest, where we chose three charities uh, within the county. And this was a lark. This was a Basically, I did not sleep for months. What if this doesn't work? I've got egg on my face. Because, you know, 5,000 people in your township, everyone knows who you are. And you're going to be the town fool if this doesn't work. Well, and my wife was, I think I told you in my, in my bio that I said, my wife was not a fan. She said, Dave, what are you doing? It's, it's summertime. It's your peak season. How in the heck are you going to organize a festival? Well, we ended up bringing in three live bands, uh, children activities. We have a petting zoo, uh, food vendors, craft vendors, and it worked. Uh, we raised um, just over $3,000 last year, which was the first one. We raised almost $10,000 this year in the second one. And the nice thing about it is really watching the community uh, help out. Um, it was literally me and maybe one other person the first year. My wife was a late bloomer. She finally helped us out. We had over 25 volunteers help set this thing up. And I didn't ask a soul. They, they came to me. They said, Dave, let's make this, let's make this bigger. So uh, by far, I, I say this all the time, other than my wedding day, um, the day of this festival, it, it's the happiest day of my life. Just to see people turn out and, and the giving that goes on is, is just unbelievable because, you know, it, it's a small town. There's not, not a whole lot of affluent folks. And um, uh, the fact that they're giving back so freely and, ju and just making this a success, it, it's humbling. It really is. That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, give us some examples, you know, you, um, of, of highlights. Do you, do, you, do you Can you connect the dots at all to, to some other things that maybe happened in business? I know this is a uh, question from out in left field, maybe. But uh, again, we don't necessarily do it directly for that uh, reason. But often there's there is a, some follow up story. So anything happening in the business that you that you can say, hey, I connected the dots and this was because we we did the festival. I, I think it's basically because as a company, um, we always go the extra mile. If there's I, I tell every every franchisee and every crew, I say if they're if there's a service you can perform that takes 10, 15 minutes, be it, you know, if you're there power washing the deck and they've got a small sidewalk, well, guess what? Wash the sidewalk for, you know, spend a few minutes. The other thing we do, which don't ask me why this took off, but if we're there in the afternoon and it's it's trash day for their community and the garbage people have already came and went and their, their garbage can is sitting on the apron or on the tree lawn, we pick it up. We bring it to the garage. It's completely unrelated to the deck staining and deck washing, but Imagine if you just worked a 12 hour day at the office and you come home six o'clock and somebody was kind enough to bring your garbage can to the garage because we're already we're already grimy and dirty anyway from working. These guys in the you know in, in suits and ties don't need to be doing that kind of stuff. So just little things. We always try to do a little bit extra on every single job. Um, it doesn't it doesn't have to be a large dollar amount uh, gift or service. It's just something that shows you're not just going through the motions. You actually care about this person and their house. And I think when I started seeing the franchisees and, and my, especially these kids, these teenage employees um, doing things that I didn't ask them to do. Um, if, if, if the wife was bringing groceries from the car, they would run and grab grocery bags. I mean, little things that, okay, obviously some of the things we're doing, some of our culture is through osmosis, you know, getting into these kids' brains and to see that, uh, to see them, 
one up uh, the, our procedures and 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 do something bigger and better than I ever would have thought of. That got me thinking. Okay, we're on to something here. We can. This is a culture now. This is something where these kids get it, and let's 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 go big with it. Let's let's bring it to the community. I love it. I was going to share. We we in the company I the franchise I used to be with. We used to call them CNEs, critical non essentials. Um, and uh, but. But but I like better what you're saying. You you really have created a different culture, and and I and I think that's key, and that'll show. And, and I guarantee you, your customers are telling that story. They're telling the story about what your franchisee did that that was totally uh, unexpected, totally non-related. They were just being good people. Uh, absolutely, and that and that's great to create. So thinking through this, what are what are you doing to keep that culture going or to build on that culture? Um, I think I may have told you this uh, in the bio. We uh, have our monthly sales meeting, a Zoom call, and we created a employee of the month program. And everybody uh, chooses their employee of the month, and we put the names in a hat because how do you pick one? They're all phenomenal. Um, <laughs> put the names in the hat, so it's a random drawing, and the winning employee, uh, my wife and I donate $50 to that employee, and we also have uh, him or her choose their favorite charity, and we donate an additional $50 to their charity. And I got to tell you, I did not, I, I, I underestimated how excited these employees would get over, you know, $50. But again, I don't even know if it's the money. I think it's that feel good. It's like, whoa, you know, I'm paying this forward. I am, I, as the employee get to choose a charity, which in turn gets 50. And I, it's, again, it's not the money. I think it's, it's the, it's that, that soul, the way your heart feels and the way your soul feels yeah, when you, when you yeah. do something nice. And uh, it's great. It's contagious. So we have a company picnic. I've got a nine acre farm, uh, a gentleman's farm. Uh, there's no, I, we got rid of all the animals. Um, and we have a company picnic with a huge inflatable obstacle course. We have various uh, competitions relating to our business. And um, the attendance is is almost 100%. Now, everybody wants to come to this picnic because, A, there's cash prizes for everything. But mainly it's the, it's the fellowship and the brotherhood and, and, and the competition. It's just fun competing. Um, and I, and I, that's just, I, I'm tr again, I'm trying to keep the family vibe going here, um, that it's not just about the money. It's about a culture. It's about uh, doing things for others. And by doing so, like you said earlier, you don't mean it to positively come back to you financially with the business, but it does. Yeah. People notice yeah. and recognize that, hey, I want to hire that guy. I want, you know, him instead of, you know, chucking a truck. And yeah. I, I, I think I think doing that, you know, call it what you will, karma. But I think that there's just what what you put out there comes back. You know, it really does. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So I have two last questions. Um, people, you know, the folks that watch my podcast are looking for businesses, either as a broker consultant to place people maybe in in a, a business for them or they're on they're on the podcast just looking at ideas. You know, they'll they'll look through our our 50 plus videos on YouTube and go, wow, like you and I talked about earlier. Wow, that's I watched that one. That's a really interesting concept. So tell us who you are looking for. Who's your you've hit it, you've hinted at it a little bit yeah. here, but but if someone's out there looking for a business, tell them who who you're looking for. Absolutely. Deck deck rescue is really an opportunity for anybody. Um, as you said, most franchises uh, are under $100,000. Ours is one of them. Um, we we prefer folks who are active. Most of our most of our territories are actively managed. I'm not 
a huge fan of the semi-absentee model. Um, yep. So we prefer people to be involved and uh, it, it's easy work uh, physically. Um, you don't have to be a 300 pound bodybuilder. Um, anybody can do this. Uh, uh, the younger folks seem to do better because they can handle the heat. Uh, the older folks, though, it, it's 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 a fun ride. I'm like I said, I'm 53 and I'm still doing it. Um, our margins are phenomenal. Uh, we're not brick and mortar. We we work from our homes, mm-hmm. we have home offices, so our uh, our franchisee margins are around 35%, which is is good. Um, uh, the downside, of course, it's seasonal, but that could be an upside. Maybe somebody uh, does something in the winter. Maybe they plow right. snow. Maybe they hang Christmas lights. So we are a good. Uh, complimentary business to an existing uh, trade or, or service that you might already offer your clients. So um, again, and the, and the cost is not really an issue. Um, it's very affordable. And with the margins we have, you're getting a good ROI there with every dollar you earn. So, And again, for people out in the audience, uh, the first, when I help people turn their businesses into franchising, that uh, into a franchise concept, that's a little bit of what we do as well. I always talk about to the franchisor, the potential franchisor, is this profitable? I was shocked as I started to help more businesses. I was shocked that people had already spent all the money to get their legals in place uh, to only find out their their model really originally wasn't that profitable. And then you pile on top of that all you know fees and things for the franchisor to make money. And mm-hmm. again, it's a it's a recipe for disaster. So great that it's profitable. Great that it gives lifestyle. There's a lot of folks looking for. For lifestyle nowadays, and and so um, and again for my audience, Dave, uh, uh, the uh, the owner operated type franchise is the predominant franchise uh, model out there anyway. So most people are looking for lifestyle. They're looking to make a little bit more money. They're looking to get out of working for some goofball, you know, manager or whatever that they used to work for and, and, and be able to take control of their destiny. So uh, love, love your concept from, from that perspective. Uh, Okay. One last question. One second here. One last question. Um, Is there anything we didn't talk about that you would love to say, Hey, I I really would love for the the watchers, the viewers, the listeners uh, to hear X. Um, is there anything we haven't talked about that you'd like to share as we wrap up? I think you covered just about everything. Um, all, the other thing I would just emphasize, um, you're going to make mistakes, uh, be it be, be it a new franchisor or a new franchisee. I, like I said, I floundered my first few years. I, I didn't have a direction. I didn't have a steering wheel and, um, but you learn from it. And, um, like I said, in this industry, there's a whole lot of people willing to help you out. And I'm just sorry that I didn't have that courage or that open-mindedness to, to ask for help. So I, I definitely believe that asking for help, I, I think that the three best words in business are, I don't know. I mean, don't, don't, <laughs> act, don't act like you have all the answers. Just admit that you don't have the, admit that you don't know. It'll open up a whole new conversation. Let me tell you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So for potential uh, primarily franchisors, but even franchisees, but vet better, uh, you know, be sure you're getting the right people on the bus. Uh, build a culture. I think that's a huge point from Dave today. And then uh, lastly, um, this asking for help. But I think it's definitely a guy thing. We don't like to say we need some help. But in this community, in this franchising world, uh, ask for help. Mm-hmm. Hey, Dave, it's been great. Uh, appreciate you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Have a happy holiday season. Mm-hmm. You too. Thank you. Bye.